I'm a part-time rock star. What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, episode 189. This week featuring my guest Frank Palangi out of Albany, New York. He's an indie rock artist, and uh, he's also making uh, some low-budget horror movies as well. So we had a fair amount to discuss and uh, kind of get his background and everything else. He has a uh, new song coming out uh, March 31st, and that'll be called Fall From Grace. So you'll be able to check that out on his pages and wherever you stream music. Uh, I believe there is an accompanying music video as well for it that is coming out soon. But uh, yeah, definitely check out Frank on all the socials. I'm sure he would appreciate a follow. In any case, uh, thanks for listening and thanks for supporting local art and local music. We all definitely appreciate it. Uh, Hopefully yourself are doing all right as we start getting ready for spring here. Um, in personal news and notes, I guess, uh, this weekend we'll be gigging a little bit with the Hollow Truths. Uh, Friday night we've got, uh, Thick and Thin out in Hagerstown, Maryland. And then, uh, Saturday night we're at our favorite spot, Don't Know Tavern, uh, in Fed Hill in Baltimore. Familiar with that area. Uh, I believe we got, uh, Will and Brendan, uh, in the band. Should be a good time. And then uh, the last three things I uh, usually mention is that uh, Part-Time Rockstar Productions is going, which is the uh, video component to this thing. And then um, the merch store for the podcast is also up on Shopify. And last but not least, Truly Strings uh, Guitar Shop out of Laurel, Maryland is the sponsor of the show. And uh, yeah, without uh, too much more ado, we'll get to the conversation with Frank song you're about to hear is called Fire of Love. Yeah, obviously, uh, nice to meet you. Um, I don't know exactly how I got in contact with you other than to say that uh, someone you might know named Justin uh, told me about you. Yeah, yeah, he's had me on his show a few times to call in, and I think he's known me for like 10 years off and on with with my music, so (laughs) he usually calls me every once in a while when, when he needs something. Okay, cool. Yeah, I don't know... I forgot to ask him what his show is called. I feel like he kind of just messaged me out of the blue one day, and I didn't know really anything about him. Yeah, same with me at first. Um, I think he was on Indie Star Radio. That's what he said. I don't know if he's still doing it, but that sounds right. I have a there's a weird kind of circle of friends or connections. I guess I think through that that I I loosely know a couple people and uh the long and short of that is uh my friend luke roberts i think is more connected with them and i've played music with them for a while okay um so i I don't know exactly but yeah regardless of uh you know who said what or anything like that um (laughs) yeah this is cool so you see your shows on spotify and, and all those other places Yep, the usual usual things. I didn't realize how easy it is to uh you know, do and distribute a podcast until I tried it. We're trying with Radio Wigwam because I, I have my own show too and I don't know, his podcast guy is I guess a little sluggish, but I go it'd be great to get our interviews on you know, that kind of stuff too. But I can't host it myself because it's up to the station. But Yeah. Um, so what's your show called? Uh, uh, Palangi studio of rock. Okay. Cause I'm, right I'm broadcasting from my home studio. That's where I got the name <laughs> and it's my last name. Cause I, uh, I was an artist on there too. I had one, um, artist of the year in 2018. Nice. Yeah. I mean, uh, from going through your, uh, 
bio a bit, it seems like uh, you got uh, your feet in a couple different uh, ponds or whatever the metaphor would be. Um, <laughs> yeah, we so, can talk about all that. Yeah, I mean, um, it's almost like most curious about the uh, the film or video or horror movie side of things. I was, I was kind yeah. of scope, scoping that out on your website a little to see what what's up in that department. But yeah, I mean, uh, wherever you want to start, really. Uh, sure. I don't know if there's like an intro or whatever you do, but I'm ready when you are. Oh yeah, I just this is it, man. This is I just hit record and, and go. It's kind of like a, I guess like a free form conversation. Um, okay. Whatever you want to call it, I don't have like scripted questions necessarily, and unless uh, the conversation gets bogged down by something, and then I gotta, you know, pull out the rapid fire questions or start talking, <laughs> start talking about aliens or something awesome. to spice spice things up. But otherwise. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess I was just going to start with the film side of things and then we'll work our way back over to music, of course. Sure. So, um, what exactly do you do? Do you just make indie flicks? Like, how does that work? Well, ever since I was a kid, I started with like the big VHS cameras making little short films and then you know, yeah. get my friends together in the neighborhood and start making movies. And then I was doing, um, uh, kind of like little, I've done fan films on YouTube. I'm actually like one of the first, I'd say 12 people to ever do a uh, fan film on YouTube. And, uh, we started that in 2005 and just kind of, you know, kept making short films. And then I did a few music videos and, um, I don't know. After doing it for like 20 years, I'm like, I have to get something out there that's published, you know, like almost like being a published author. And yeah. um, I love horror movies. So I go, all right, let's come up with an idea and let's uh, let's try to do this. So um, the movie out right now is called Lost Chronicles and uh, it's streaming free on um, on Tubi right now and uh, finally landed like a like a like a deal with a three year deal with um uh, company and um it's one of those things where you know the movie's already done and and you're looking for a distribution company and you know you want to make that kind of step so after all those years i felt like all right <laughs> i think i can make something um that would be a straight to video type you know if the video stores were around and yeah. uh and we could you know deliver something like this so a lot of it was a few musicians, friends, you know, that I have, uh, local actors, local friends, um, and no budget at all. You know, it's, it's just yeah. all the camera equipment, lighting and all that, but it's, uh, you know, we used our houses and our apartments and everything we could <laughs> to get it done. Yeah. That's awesome. Who, uh, writes the script? So I only write an outline. I do not write a script because I like to be a little bit more free flowing. And, and it seems like more creativity comes out of that. And I like to get actors inputs. I like to kind of depending on the location where we're shooting that day, work around the scene and stuff like that. And it's weird too. I have a lot of it in my head. It's a lot of imagery yeah. and, and that kind of stuff. So we we you know we go off the outline which is a rough version of a script but it's not in like you know kind of cookie cutter form i would say and um you know as long as you plan out all your shots and and you're playing around with things and it usually works better there's um so my movie is kind of like a creep show it's got like seven stories in one movie cuz that was the only way that we could do it and right. um Funny enough, the the story first impressions we did without a script, without anything. We just kind of winged it, which is kind of what I used to do for for fan films. Uh, we used to kind of yeah. just map it out in our brains and say we're going to do this and we're going to do this and this and this is going to happen. And um, it seemed to be one of the more um, from the feedback I got, anyways. The kind of the fans like it <laughs> put it that way when you say fan films what do you mean exactly i don't know if i'm familiar with that yeah like it's like making a, a freddy krueger michael myers movie or punisher that kind of stuff batman yeah then you throw it up on youtube yeah okay 
it's it's kind of like your demos you know it's in the music world you want to make demos first then kind of put out the product so i view fan films as something that hardcore fans love you know i like watching them too and um but it's a way for you to practice your craft because there's already you know an idea there set and what would you do with it or or you want to recreate you know the scene from halloween or whatever so you're kind of fashioning yourself uh, as a little bit of a, a new age Rob Zombie, maybe? <laughs> a lot cleaner version, but maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, music. Working way up the, to it, maybe. Yeah. Well, my defense, film came first for me. It's just music was more of the job thing that took over that yeah. everybody kind of knows me for first. That's a lot like uh, Jim Morrison, apparently, as well. Yeah, yeah. I uh, heard he was heavily into that stuff from reading a, a few brief things. But, uh, yeah, it's cool how it's all kind of tied together. And I'm just getting, I don't know. Yeah, it's, well, I mean, you got to, you know, make your own videos and stuff. Because I was like, you know, I have to start doing music videos. Well, I, you know, I've made films or fan films, so let's try that. And then yeah. well, maybe I can do a few wedding things and then a few, you know, video promos for, a business or another artist and then and it just kind of goes from there so now i'm doing i'm filming more interviews um coming up here too so that's you know it just kind of keeps growing which is which is nice and i'm i'm um just finishing up writing the outline for the second horror movie so i'm i'm hoping to finish that this year and then release it next year that's awesome and then is like distributing to something like Tubi kind of similar to the music world of like, you know, just firing up Ooh. distro kid and no, not at all. Like that. <laughs> you have to land a deal with a, with a studio. So the, okay. there's a studio that puts their logos, you know, on the front of the movies. Those are the ones that distribute the movies. So you actually have to find a company that will get it out there and will push it for you. I gotcha. It's almost like a record deal in a way, yeah. but not really. Yeah, I've heard it's harder to crack, but then again, with the way things are kind of always changing, I wasn't quite sure. It's it's definitely hard because it's you have unsolicited material, you know, unless you have yeah. an agent too. That's really hard. There's a few companies that accept, you know, finished films, and that's kind of the route that I did without an agent. So it's mm. The luck of the draw, you know? Yeah, it's cool. Um, I've only talked to one other person so far in the music world who's also done an indie film and um, actually really kind of liked his because it was incidentally shot around where I live. So it was just cool to see like a lot of the, I don't know, the normal the imi- normal hawks yeah. around here. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's always fun. I recognize that sometimes when I watch uh, other local artists' music videos. I'll say, oh, you know, I know where that is. Yeah. So what's going on kind of up in Albany? Um, I know, you know, sometimes people's local scene's good, and that's cool, and sometimes it's not. I and mean, you got to kind of get the hell out of there if you want to play anywhere fun. So yeah. I'm curious it- what that's like there. It's never been a huge, I would say, original music scene. There's a lot of cover stuff and a lot of cover yeah. bands. And I feel like because, you know, I I took a trip to the south and, and especially in Nashville, even like Virginia and stuff like that. And I feel like people mm. go out to listen to music down there. It's part of the culture. You know, they want to listen to music rather than we're going to a bar that has music. Yeah. It's a little different feeling. Not that people, you know, maybe don't like it as less. It's just different. It's a different thing up here. And um, unfortunately, they they love the karaoke and all the the cover bands. And uh, there's I, there's definitely less support for the original bands. Um, but there's a few spots that they have original music. I would say more of the jazz, funk, pop, rock, and rap. Those are the shows that maybe somebody would say uh you know well let's 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 go see an original band i always feel like acoustic songwriters and and rock and heavy metal 
uh, I don't know. It's it's something where people just they, they're not flocking to it as much. No, definitely not, and uh, definitely, I think in general on the on the East Coast or the Beast Coast, whatever we want to call it, it's I don't know. It's different in every city, but my uh, my feeling on it has always been the weather. Like when you go to warmer climates, like it just seems like naturally people's personalities are warmer. And then the weather's yep. literally warmer. So you're going to go outside. It's easier to play music outside. And all of that just kind of lends itself to pe- people being just kind of happier and more open and a little bit more just like, I don't know, willing to go maybe check out some bands or something like that that they wouldn't necessarily plan to. I don't know. That's just my feeling from like places like Austin or something. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. And there's, you know, those people up here that, that do go out too but it's it's not like a mass thing it's not like part of the culture you know exactly and um you know since covid hit the we weren't being paid well before and now we aren't either and um that's a lot of the reason why i haven't really gone out and viciously you know looked for a thousand gigs because it's a pay is not there and i understand you know the industry got hit but even before this a lot of musicians got underpaid you know still and it's um for me personally being an original artist or recording artist i did the cover thing for i don't know 14 years and i kind of since covid i i tell you i kind of retired from it i'm kind of sick of doing the three four hour gigs and being the jukebox and (laughs) you know sometimes it's really cool but majority of the time it's just kind of like you're just there it's not like when you do an original show and people see you and they're like, they actually check out your music or they check yeah. out at least your social media. Um, cover gigs are great for tips. You know, it's a paycheck gig. Right. And then maybe you'll pick up a few here and there and whatever. But um, yeah, unless I, you're really going to make it your thing. You know, there's a lot of good bands, cover yeah. bands, that it's their thing and they, they do very well. Yeah, I mean, I dabble in, in both worlds, you know. My uh, my passion, of course, is always just kind of in songwriting. But at the same time, um, in the original world, like I kind of am sort of reluctantly the singer, and I've worked, you know, to get better at all that. But I kind of really sometimes like playing cover gigs because I can just sit back and and play on guitar, and like that's kind of my mo. So yeah, I, I could really... see just being a guitarist doing that would be fun if you didn't have to sing. It's a, I will say it's like, yeah, when you got to sing for three hours, it's more stressful. You got to remember words and I don't know, got to be on key. Got to not get yep. too drunk. How, how's your thing. throat feel that day? <laughs> yeah. What's the crowd like? It's a different mentality for sure. Yep. But um, yeah, I don't know. But it, but it doesn't make you less of a musician if you're like, you know, I'm not playing out as much or. You know, I am playing these cover gigs and I'm doing original gigs. You know, there's nothing wrong with any of it. It's whatever you want to do. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of my impetus for doing like a a little podcast like this. Just to kind of, you know, touch base with people and try to see what, what their attitudes and philosophies are. And I don't know, just have fun with it. Yeah. But um, on the original note, of course, you got to bunch of stuff out including uh i usually start with you know talking about people's latest and greatest thing like the uh the new ep for instance that you got out which is uh like a six six songer yeah it's got two instrumentals in between so there's kind of two shorter tracks it's really four songs with vocals and then two instrumentals yep yeah, so I figure we could probably uh, just kind of talk about your influences to start there, and I feel like I'm sure we could find a little bit of common ground, both being guitar players and both, uh, it seems, you know, from listening, that definitely grew up on some metal there. Some <laughs> uh, some Kirk, Kirk Hammett or something yeah, along those more lines. James, more James. More James for me. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm chugging riffs. Yeah, more of a rhythm guy, because... I did for years, you know, singing and playing, you don't really do a lot of lead. And when you play by yourself, it's like, where do I fit this in and have it sound right without it dropping out, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. But I, um, 
Uh, definitely Metallica, Ozzy, Megadeth, and uh, Def Leppard. Those are kind of my '80s go-to's, and uh, and some are rap. You know, more not actually playing rap, but just listening to their music. That's interesting. My only real knowledge of rap is that once upon a time, I believe the singer's um, son was a quarterback at uh, University of Maryland. Okay. Um, <laughs> And I only knew that because he was sitting in front of us and like, I guess somebody in the crowd like pointed that out and I was like, yeah, Be I like, would have never known round and round, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> guess I got to look up some rat. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, yeah. all those eighties bands and stuff are, are great, but for me, yeah. then it jumps to like Creed three doors down, God smack. And then it yeah. goes to like uh three days, grace and Daughtry. Um, I worked with some of the Christian rock bands that like Daughtry worked with, uh, he, they toured with originally day of fire. So I got to work with them in the studio and then, uh, like a band pillar, they were around for a little while. Um, red, red is, I haven't worked with red, but red is a really heavy Christian rock band. I love them. And, um, I don't know. It jumps till I like pretty reckless, it jumps to like you said, uh, Power Man, Rob Zombie, Drowning Pool was like one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, classic. Um, you know, I w- honestly no, a hinder was an, was another big one, but uh, no like major, I guess major big influences last ten years. Maybe like Skillet, I would put them under yeah. that category. I know they're not new. Um. But there's not like a, a rock band that's come out in the last six years where I'm like, yeah, I really listen to them a lot and it's changed or helped, you know, my influence category. Yeah. Um, it's, I still follow like those old bands that release new stuff, you know, and that's until they stop doing it. That's pretty much where I'm, where I stick. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, these are all classic great bands but um like alter bridge you know that whole circle mark i listen to mark germani stuff um you know side projects with certain bands you know saving able um bunch of stuff but yeah on on that record there is definitely metallica influence i drew from a little three days grace and skillet and uh a little mix of i guess some other things um there's a mix of drummers on my latest EP. I think there's four drummers total. Mm-hmm. Usually I try to go with one or two per EP, but this one I figured, uh, let's almost get another one on like every single song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Um, I, I know a little something about that life for sure in the, in the studio. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's fun. You'd think maybe it would change the style of songs like dramatically, but, um, I, I mean, I write all the instruments. I usually have a demo version where I have beats yeah. and stuff in mind, and I play off their strengths and basically and throw that back into into my style. So, yeah, I, I was gonna maybe kind of get your thoughts eventually, probably on like the state of rock. You could say I felt like yeah. that might be a topic we could bring up, but but uh, being what you mentioned there. Um, a second ago about drummers um i was kind of curious like if uh, you do sort of have a group that you were able to play out with or uh or not uh it's changed over the years yeah i played out with a lot of different um uh, local guys you know and then on my yeah. records i have different guys do drums i think almost every ep um it depends on the gig, you know, what what you get called for, who's available physically, yeah, kind of where of they're at, what songs they can play or what kind of sets. Like I had a really good uh percussion player, but he really wasn't a good drummer. But it worked for like the kind of acoustic godsmacky type sets. Um mm-hmm. So right now, I don't. I, I have one drummer local, kind of on speed dial. If something comes up, but I really don't have any other guys, um, quite as much. I've been working with Bo Hyde, which I produced his new EP that'll be coming out, and um, we kind of bounce ideas and work off of stuff here and there. And uh, 
you know, COVID put a damper on a lot of things. And I'm like, you know, I'm not aggressively playing out right now. So I'm not going to, you know, practice my ass off with 80 band guys. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's a lot, know. there's a lot of work that goes into all that, you know? Oh yeah. I'm, I'm aware. I don't, I don't really know exactly what the uh, current best strategy is other than to just outright, you know, write a hit song. Um, and then of course, you know, let it blow up somewhere. Um, yeah. Yeah. Outside, outside of that, um, I mean, you know, it seems like a lot of people I know still are pretty, pretty hell bent on the idea that, you know, you got a tour 9,000 days a year, which is definitely, yeah. definitely like, you know, I, I don't think it hurts any chances of your success or whatever it is you want to do, but it's definitely a serious, serious amount of work. And, uh, yeah, I, and I don't know how much return you get necessarily other than the adventure or whatever it is, you know, or the exhaustion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and and that's where it's, um, I, you know, I'm not going to name names, but there's certain bands or companies or musicians that are like, if you're not playing out and you're not touring, it's like, it's almost like you're not a real artist. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not fair. You know what I mean? It's, it's not necessarily that like, I can just tell you, like in my case, I've I've done I don't know how many cover gigs and small gigs, and I've opened up for nationals through the years, and then COVID hit, and then just because I'm playing online still, because honestly, I I make better money playing on the internet than these cover gigs, you know, playing three or four hours, and I have to go out and I got to set up and. I do better yeah. on the internet. So I go, I'm going to keep doing that for now. And you know, so are you live streaming on uh, like stage it or something? Yeah. Yeah. I do stage it. I tried uh passage for a while. That's more of like, um, you're not going to get new fans, but the fans that you have, you can market to them and then, and then get them in there. So it's almost like their show if you wanted to, and you keep a hundred percent of the profits on passage. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's nice. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I can't say what festival is a festival in Albany in May that I'm booked for, but I have that, I have like a little radio station gig and little coffee house gig, just some things to kind of get my feet wet again. Then if, you know, other shows come up and, you know, I, I apply for them or I get called for them. It's kind of nice. Yeah. Cause right now it's, I'm in so many, like you said originally, I'm in so many different areas with film i teach lessons i have a home recording studio so i do guitar stuff i mix i master um i have my own radio show i'm doing like six things which is yeah which i realized here was my problem too is like you said you can you can play out you can play your ass off but where's the return i was not getting a return just playing out live only and and selling you know cds or whatever so i was like i have to i gotta i gotta branch out i gotta do something different so i didn't want to teach guitar <laughs> when i when i first thought about it but i kind of fell into it and i go wow you know keeps my chops up a little bit more and you know there's the there's another source of income and then you got everything else yeah and especially if you're able to, to find that balance you know uh, definitely yeah cool. it can be tricky I'm, i kind of let one thing take over another so it's i'm at the point where you know if if the gigs were to take off a little bit i could follow that and then film stuff kind of put it aside or if the film stuff took off you know i'm okay with all of it so yeah. it's you got to follow where because music is hit or miss right you might have like I don't know, eight gigs in one month, you might have one. So you, you got to take them as they come and, and follow it. Yeah. And it's cool to be able to kind of be flexible like that. And, and ultimately just be doing something that you actually like to do. Um, so if one thing does kind of take off, like you said, uh, you, you know, not in a bad situation where sometimes, you know, if you're working a job, they hate, and like that's taken over <laughs> then it's just like damn 
you know, like that ends yeah. up taking up all your time and it's and music's always going to be there. You know, it's, you can always yeah. release new music. You can always play out it just because you're not. That's why uh, lately I've been trying to not convince people, but just because you're, you're not doing that doesn't mean that's it's, it's over or it's, you know, you've, you've fallen off the radar. Some people need breaks and, other yeah. things happen and look at some of the artists like um well even metallica i mean they they were at a point where they only released like one record every 10 years so they're really a touring band they just tore their ass off and um yeah. you know i don't you could say the same thing about that as they're not releasing enough music yeah i mean everybody's a little different everybody's in it for slightly different reasons i don't even know what it I can't even really begin to imagine what it's like to be on a, in a band on that scale. Yeah, I don't but know. <laughs> I imagine some some principles sort of stay the same, which is like I don't know. Some people like the studio more. Some people like to write more, but some people like playing shows more and like entertaining and like getting out there. Yeah. So yep. I feel like those fundamentals may may kind of remain relatively the same, uh, no matter the scale. I, I don't know though. So. I like a balance yeah. personally. I like to play, but you know, I like tinkering and I like writing too. Yeah, you don't want to get so burned out that you know you played three hundred shows in that one year. You didn't get to write. You didn't get to release music. Uh, you didn't really make any money, but you got the exposure, <laughs> which they all say it's for exposure. It, it is. It is. But it's like my goal now is past. I don't know how many years, maybe five years. It's more of how do I do what I love, but make a better living? Try to. That's the goal. You can't just keep, you know, blowing it down in the ground. Yeah. You got to kind of be a little bit realistic with it. And, um, but I'm not a stranger to say if I get a phone call and, you know, I mean, you're not turning down an opportunity either if you, if you wanted to open up for somebody and they really wanted you to, to do that you know it's yeah what band it's only gonna you, help you uh, got to open up for thus far through the years it's uh i actually played with power man a couple times trapped uh nice. i think i played with them three fuel like four we've did uh three doors down um cool. jack russell great white kip winger um jesse mallon from degeneration that was my first one. That was my very first artist I opened up for. I remember we did a candle box. We did a festival with, um, it was 6 a.m. and uh, Megadeth, Shine Down, and Like a Storm. Yeah. That was like the biggest thing I ever played. <laughs> that was a cool one. Is that um, like a, like an outdoor thing or like a, was it like a festival? It was kind of like there was like, yeah, there was a festival and there was like two different stages. You know, and you yeah. run all over the place, and we won. We kind of won that, and then I won another one where I opened for um, Allison Chains and Jane's Addiction. But it rained that day, so the second stage they actually couldn't get into the park grounds, so they set it up in the uh, uh, what do you call it? the parking lot. Mm -hmm. So we didn't actually play for the full amount of people that we were supposed to, because half the people were in yeah. there. So I was like, uh, it, yeah, that's that's music, you know. We usually get screwed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just gotta embrace um, embrace the screwing. Learn to like yeah. it. <laughs> embrace it. I, ask for more. Yeah, but it's it's cool though. On the other side, like in the studio, I got to work with a lot of my influences. From you know, Josh was in uh, Full Devil Jacket, and then he had the Day of Fire band. There was Pillar couple guys from Daughtry I've worked with. Uh, Kelly Clarkson's drummer I've worked with for 10 years on my, my recordings on different songs. Um, Robin Diaz, who was, he was in a bunch of stuff. Courtney Love, and um, he did some stuff for Three of a Dead Man. He's like a studio guy too, but he um, he's out with Live right now, the band Live. Yeah, I'm familiar. Um, and then I'm friends with now recently... Um, uh, David Nestor, who is Aaron Lewis from Stained, his drummer, and he does a lot of uh, 
drum tech work for Ace Freely and stuff. So I'm starting to, um, I don't know, get like these different connections for the my radio show too. I've been starting to like interview a lot of these guys. We end up kind of talking more and kind of being, you know, I don't want to call it, not, you know, they, I'm, I could say David out there, if you listen, we are friends. <laughs> but, yeah. but some of these guys, you just, you develop a rapport, let's say, and, and you, and, you know, you just chat more and, Where's your and radio you never, show syndicated? Is it in Albany? No, it's actually online radio station called oh, right. Radio Wigwam, and it's based okay. in the UK. Believe it or not. Interesting. Yep. So I do. Um, I have the rock show I do, and I mostly it's playlist stuff. But I've been doing more interviews lately. So that streams yeah. on their end, and then it'll be on all of our social medias, and goes on YouTube. And he's working on a a podcast route kind of like this where we yeah. throw them on like Spotify or something. Yeah. I guess I didn't really consider the difference until right. The second between like whatever online radio is compared to whatever podcasting is. But I guess, you know, obviously if you're, I don't, I don't know why they would even be different. It's almost like if you recorded a radio show, it's exactly the same fundamentally, right? It's a podcast. So it's like, yeah, it's kind of turned them, into that. It's definitely turned into ways. that. Yeah, because I've I've been uh, when you use the hashtags, it's somebody says, "Well, your radio show now, if it's audio version, it's a podcast." So we do what I do is I record video and then I'll take the audio from the video and and yeah. air that on the radio, and that would technically be the podcast. But um, you know, the video part is just the added bonus of. You know, if people from that tune in from the station and stuff that want to see that um, kind of stuff. Like we just yeah. so, tomorrow is. Um, well, I don't know when this is going to air, but we've we've had uh, a lot of a lot of cool guests and stuff recently. Um, yeah. Sorry, I think I just triggered Siri. By <laughs> That's okay. Um, hopefully that won't get picked up, but yeah. I'm, I mean, are you doing uh, a lot of the interviews in person then, like in the studio? Uh, or Zoom. They call yeah, it. Yeah, Zoom because they're all they're all over the okay, country. So... In Canada, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I've kind of, I've done that on this thing before, and I was kind of putting the video up for each, each thing, but I don't know. I just felt like ultimately the way I like consume, if you will, podcasts is like. I don't know, 99% just driving around on the audio. Yeah. So I I didn't think too much. Maybe one day I'll like think about just doing the full-blown video thing. But also, like I said, a lot of them are Zoom calls. So it's like, you know, people hanging out, just kind of whatever. Not always necessarily wanting to be yeah, you know, it, videoed for the internet. Yeah, it works. You know, and if and if they don't, you know, yeah. you just put a poster up with their image and, you know, it's it's this yeah. guy I'm talking to. Yep. Well, it's mostly like for me, yeah, it's, it's cool. you add cool. extra exposure with like Instagram reels, Facebook reels, YouTube and, oh, yeah. you know. Yep. You got to feed the yeah. beast. Um, so off of the new EP, uh, you know, I like to feature at least like one song. If not, you know, two. Um, I know not everyone likes picking their favorite, but if you had to pick one or two, is that is there one or two that you would pick? And if so, you know why? Um, I just say "Fire Love." Uh, that's the single from it, and yeah. I don't know. I just I love a lot of things about it musically. You know, it was a little. Yeah. I mean, it. I wouldn't say different, but just it's different. Um, guitar wise i think and and some of the structure is a little different than what i've written in the past and uh the song after it uh panic which is pretty different um for me yeah. i use kind of like this octave wah pedal and it reminds me of stuff that like <laughs> mick mars kind of uses in parts and like molly crew but this but the song is yeah. slower so it, it's but it's it's still heavy but um it's just a very interesting sound and kind of flow to that song where 
I don't know. I can kind of picture it in like a, a scary movie too. It's not not that it's scary, but like something something like that, like something that builds, you know. And right. But um, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of different cool elements and stuff in there. So now, you know, guitar wise, I've been starting to incorporate that a lot with my new songs with the octave pedal and the wah pedal. I have um, DJ Ashba from Six AM, his auto wah, and um. I'm glad I added that stuff. It adds a lot and it kind of changed my style a little bit and it feels a little more a little more solid and I I can actually play in any tuning by just pressing a button. <laughs> so that's really fun. Yeah. And uh yeah, cuz it's a pain. You don't want to own eight guitars cuz you you decide to do different tunings. So Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm happy that you, you know, like I said, as a fellow guitar player, that uh, you're still uh, striving to get the riffs out there, you know, music these days, uh, I could definitely say often would benefit sometimes, you know, from a nice, nice, tasty riff from time to time. And a little bit of the Fire Love riff has um, that bluesy um, Aerosmith kind of vibe, which I've never really done either. When you listen to the the intro riff that hits into that song, it's 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 a little bit kind of like something like that, but in like a hard rock realm, maybe a little Nickelback kind of riffy thing throw in there. Yeah, I feel like you've definitely kind of settled into that, you know, early two thousands genre of uh, hard rock, yep. um, and just kind of building on that. For me personally, like I just sent you a, a song that I did one time, and I kind of come from like I would say like the Dimebag Daryl yeah. school of riff. Yep, yep. You know, like that's what I kind of grew up on, and like I don't know, I I do love like a lot of uh of the modern bands in the indie rock kind of world, but I do often wonder, I'm like, man, where's the where's just like the the virtuoso in this group that's gonna like <laughs> kind of come out and maybe like spice things up a little because like I still believe and there's a lot of great songwriting and writers currently going that like I listen to and stuff. But on the musicianship side of things, I am sometimes like you know I kind of want a little more. So this is kind of me parlaying, you know, my the previous thought into my other question about maybe what you think about the state of rock yeah it's it's gotta it's gotta be more rock less pop that's the answer because then you take away the riffs you're not as creative and there and there's literally i think like pop music uses like four different beats probably gonna be like oh there's more than four beats in pop but you know it's on the average a lot of it's the same Four chords, four beats. Yeah, a lot of it's the same. And it, it, unfortunately, when you take that, when you go that route, there's only so much you can fit in. So if there's no stops because you want to dance or something like that, which which is common, there's that groove. Mm. You know, rock, rock. there is right. a groove, but there's a lot of changes. There's a lot of starts and stops. There's a lot of hits. You can add the groove in there. Yeah. Um, Rush, for example, does a great job. He he switches eighty times, but you you groove with it, and uh, mm. well, it's real complicated too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think the the best living band at that now, who I consider to be like probably the modern Rush, would be Biffy Clyro. Okay, out of uh, Scotland, they kind of built on. In my, again, in my impression is that they're like if rush just kept going or was like reborn new and just kept getting like a little bit heavier as well. And, uh, they're, they're really, really interesting from a musical standpoint, but essentially their songs, when they come out kind of end up sounding a little poppy, which is, which is conscious. They say on their part, you know, cause you want people to be able to, to groove to something without having to like think about it and be like, what kind of time, you know, time signature is this? <laughs> you know, you don't want people thinking about sure that. you do. Even if sure it is you something. Do. <laughs> well, the the Dream Theater fans out there yeah, that's, definitely do. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. That's, yep. that's their deal. But, no, nah, sure. I don't, I don't, um, 
I don't agree with, um, especially the bands. I'm not going to name them, but there's bands I love. And some of them I've said during this interview and they've popified and watered down their music, whether it's the label, you know, or whatever. I mean, they do it in their own way, which is, which is good. But like you said, you hear so much more, I guess, like potential or rock potential or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That feeling. And it's like, it kind of gets taken away with that style. And, um, I, I think like, it's, it's like, say I did a song like that. I have no problem doing like a single or something that is like that, but I'm not going to be like, this is the yeah. ongoing sound for the next, you know, 10 years. I'm, you know, popifying everything. I don't, I don't think that's, kind of the right thing to do when you're especially when you're hard rock band (laughs) to begin with but it's nice to hear different things because look at uh you know disturbed when they they did um sound of silence that's way different than a lot of their older stuff yeah well also with simon garfunkel yeah that it's like taking johnny cash you know with with the whole hurt thing and yeah. you know he well it's kind of reversed he took a rock band and made it his own yeah it, it, it's interesting because i i feel like in the public consciousness and from talking to people like you know a lot of people are kind of waiting for rock to do something or come back in some way at least on the arena rock level yeah. scale and um right now i i really believe it's coming the comeback is coming out of country. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at least oh, yeah. they're the ones spearheading it right now. They're more like, accepting of cross. new artists. Um, if I have any, I guess, advice out there, anybody listening, you have to start incorporating rock into your award ceremonies, your tours, <laughs> giving yeah. new artists that I'm poison. Can't uh, tour forever. Metallica can't tour forever. <laughs> you know, once once all those arena rock bands are out, guess what? There's only club level bands. You you have to make them, you know, or whatever you want to call it. You have to go to that level with them. And I I just think it there's not that uh, whether it's bands helping bands or or it's just a label thing going on or or it's the industry. You need to start doing that again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I consistently harp on without a good song, nothing else really matters. So this is not to say that I like blame artists or bands in the rock yeah. genre, but sometimes I do feel like the songs are are often I don't know. I don't want to say always not as good, but I feel like that's where it starts, and then that's what really starts, you know, building the momentum. So like the main artist I feel like right now that almost flies the rock flag higher than anyone else, even though he's country is, um, hardy at least on like a stadium yeah. level. Like he seems like he may single handedly be bringing back like arena rock to a new age or to a new fan group who didn't grow up on, you know, guns and roses. Yeah. And yeah. So I, I'm kind of most interested to see how that evolves and see if country can kind of like kickstart things on on a mass scale for rock. yeah it's like i said it's up but to those guys we'll that do those shows i mean look at the super bowl and yeah. you know all these award shows there's there's no performances from any rock artists any new art rock artists let alone the old ones it's yeah. so it's you could say i blame kind of blame it on them <laughs> a lot of times because even if they just they did a little bit it would start to bring it back more because back in the day you remember uh you know when they showed music videos actually on mtv vh1 they were telling us what to listen to now now that's that's our choice it's really hard for anybody to kind of rise up like that you know what i mean yeah the the kingmakers aren't necessarily as important or if they are there just doesn't seem as prominent yeah and if you know if they really want to spark that genre in, include it in the super bowl you know 
have not Metallica yeah. play, but have some upcoming rock band play it. Even because it's a ratings thing, I think it's like, well, if we have a band nobody knows, our ratings are gonna drop. That's that's see, that's the real that's the key. <laughs> that's that's their thinking right yeah, there. That's it's always about money. Um, yep. At least but if they're good, man, people this, like it. So, yeah. you know, you gotta take a chance. Yeah. yeah, and I ultimately think everything's cyclical. Um, so yeah, it goes in and out. Uh, you know, like you know, if rock goes dormant as it has for a long time, chances are it'll come back around and in, in a sort of different iteration. The same way, you know, other genres kind of come in and out of the maybe the the larger public focus yeah a lot of um cover and tribute bands of these 80s and 90s artists and stuff that's starting to get more popular now because they're they're all getting older and retired right yeah so it's kind of interesting see how it all revolves but i don't know see what happens it's all you can do man but yeah I, i don't know if i really uh if I missed anything, if there was something maybe important other than the, uh, I, th- I believe you said what, March 31st? Yeah, March 31st. Uh, is the next new yep, release? The next single, uh, it's called Fall from Grace. The music video will be mid March on Vivo coming out. And uh, I should have something else done maybe to release in the fall or, or November or something like that. Um, I have. Yeah, up. pretty much. I have a, like an EP I just need to do vocals for and try to finish that up. So we will see. Well, that's cool. Got a bunch. I'll try to encourage people to watch uh, watch the videos too that you're doing because I mean I'm personally always uh, interested in those and I think it's cool, especially when you're able to have the uh, ability to do them on your own. Kind of you know. Yeah. Put your own yeah. They're all on, on Vivo or, or YouTube. So. You guys go over and um you know subscribe to the channel there and all the other music is all on you know all the other platforms that you you guys stream and download stuff and i i always say if you like it download the music because it helps us artists out a lot more than just like a stream um and the fans hold the keys you know to the bands they love for for helping them get to that next level yeah i mean I still like having just even MP3s because it's like, oh, you yeah. don't know how cheap Spotify is going to be forever. Yeah. Yep. You know, like, so, I mean, next thing you know, it's like, could be a hundred bucks Or a there month, could be a commercial so. in the middle of the song, like YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Or some, so yeah, something ridiculous. You're like, oh like man, that. that's a great part. Uh, uh, there's a commercial. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not. But, uh, but nothing would be shocking at this point. <laughs> but if you guys want to, yeah. just go over to uh, frankpalangi.com is my website, and you can uh, pretty much find everything from there. Between if you want online guitar lessons, you need stuff mixed, mastered, or just listen to the music, or um, or just browse. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Just just yep. scroll. But uh, I definitely. Definitely appreciate your time and coming on here. And um, usually my turnaround is probably like two weeks, give or take, okay. maybe less, maybe more. So should get this out kind of, kind of soon. Perfect. Be just in time for the music video. Yeah. So cool, man. Um, hopefully, you know, maybe one day uh, cross paths in real life. You never know. You never so, know. I almost did one gig think near there once where i was going to set up like two or three of them to try to get to there that was like one of the last stops but i think it was um if you're a fan of scott stapp we were trying to do something we had two dates we were talking about and then he had his his breakdown thing so he canceled his tour so we never i was bummed scott stapp's like one of my biggest influence and we never never got to play for him yeah yeah but one of the one of the drummers, right, that was in Saving Abel, um, right before that happened, he was playing with him uh, before that for like four months. So I got to at least kind of like ask him, 
a few questions and what it was like playing with him and that kind of stuff. That was yeah, my closest cool. I could get. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, if, if you ever do want to play down here, just let me know. I definitely got a uh, few connections and I'm also doing a, uh, a little mini festival for the podcast oh, cool. at a, at a venue in June. So, um, got some slots for that too if, if you wanted to play it but it's a bit of a hike yeah I have to google know, exactly so. how far it is again um, probably a good solid six hours if you're not hitting too much traffic but uh, yeah. that all depends so who knows well I got you but, on Facebook so yeah, man. we'll keep tabs there yeah, I'm gonna invite you over to my little uh, group there as okay. well. Um, I kind of try to keep people uh, up to date or up to speed on if I'm doing anything with this stuff. Sounds good. All right, man. Have a good uh, rest of your evening. You too. If you uh, if you ever need me to come back or something like that, just let me know if you want to do it again. You know, in the fall or whatever. Yeah, I um, try to extend that invite to everyone although i sometimes just forget or don't notice so obviously if if you are releasing something new just hit me up and uh we'll do all it right should be if i do it should be fall I'm, I'm getting late fall i would say yeah that'd be fine just let me know when the date is and i'll try to schedule it according to that so more more press right. the better i'll say if you like horror movies i'll send you the link to my movie that i just released too there yeah it'd be cool i'll, I'll check it's that a little out. budget but you know <laughs> you gotta you gotta do it yeah no i got you all right man i'll uh all right I'll see, hey, I'll see you later thanks so yeah thanks for listening and uh thanks to frank for coming on the show the song to hear in the background is called fire of love Shaking, slowly taking, holding tight. You've had a control, no room to hold you in. The ground is shaking, the earth is awakening. It feels like I've been buried alive. Bring it on, baby. Fire of love The picture-perfect mistake You felt it like an earthquake Can you take the heart attack? Take the stab The girl.